0: Welcome to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR.
1: I'm Alex Gary, And I'm Bobby Howe. How are you, Bobby? I am tired. The day that this podcast comes out, I'm just telling you, on that day, I am tired. And it's not going to correct itself anytime soon, because this is an October 6th release, which means... Um, today, I am finishing up a road trip back from Milwaukee to Chicago with Tommy Choi and Matt Phipps, because um, we're going to speak at the Wisconsin State Convention.
0: Are you going to like run or something too? Well,
1: so that's my thing. So we're, we're going to go back to Chicago. I'm going to fly back home the evening of the 6th. The morning of the 8th, I'm going to fly to Chicago. I'm going to run a marathon. No, actually, because I'm really smart. The day before the marathon, Chicago has a 5K. So I'm gonna run the 5K on Saturday, and then I'm gonna get up and run the marathon on Sunday, and then fly home Sunday. I get home at midnight, and then I need to leave by 4 a.m. to make it to Cape Girardeau for some Missouri realtor meetings at noon. Wow. And- You're busy. Yeah, and the two weeks before that, we're taking a family trip to Orlando. I'm home for 24 hours, and then I go do Missouri State meetings. The Tommy Choi will also be at. I'm gonna see Tommy Choi three times in 10 days. Has Tommy Choi been on the podcast? No, Amber and I were just talking about that. So spoiler alert, we're going to have Tommy in the future be on the podcast.
0: Wow, Tommy, we're coming for you.
1: You know, he doesn't even we know, it know yet. You
0: listen. We know you listen. Tommy. We do.
1: He loves a good podcast. So he's going to be listening to us. So what's been going on with you, friend?
0: Oh, uh, well, so uh, we've been, so I was in Chicago. That's uh, a, that about town Chicago? keeps coming up again. That was like, it does. That was like now three or four weeks ago. And yeah. uh, then I just got back from Fort Worth. And I, I want to talk about uh, my trip to Fort Worth. So this was a, a 30 Under 30 event.
1: Uh, oh, so I was for the 30 Under
0: 30 class of 2019. And so this is the first time that I've been able to uh, attend uh, the annual event. And this mm-hmm. is not an NAR sanctioned event. This is put together... Uh, separately, just purely by volunteers that are part of that uh, group. And it was probably the most impactful conference that I have been to. uh, And that includes every NAR thing I've done, Mm -hmm. every KAR, everything. So no offense to any of those organizations. They're all great organizations. The people that were in this room And some of the things that uh, were put in front of us were um, like almost life changing, and and I I don't say that uh, Mm -hmm. I'm not being I'm not exaggerating. Uh, Some of the some of the content had me breaking down, had the whole room breaking down, uh, just looking at um, uh, life in general and uh, the ways that uh, we impact. Uh, people every single day in this business, um, and probably my biggest takeaway. And I maybe one day we can have this guy on the podcast this one speaker because he he was just incredible. He, he's a preacher, uh, and he's uh, he, he was born in Ethiopia. I won't go into all of the details, but one of the biggest takeaways that that I got from him, and and it's one of these things that you know, but hearing him tell the story was was unbelievable, but. Uh, it, it's that when you are ready to pass away, mm-hmm. you do not know what all of the fruits of your labor are going to be. You do not know the end of your story. you don't know uh, you don't know if somebody that you sold a house to for instance, you don't know if you're uh, introducing... Somebody to their new best friend who happens to live across the street. You don't know who you're going, whose life you're changing by helping them move into a, a new home, or whose uh, whose general generational wealth you're impacting by helping them either purchase their first home or purchase a rental property or something like that. You just don't. We don't think about those things in the moment and how unbelievably impactful all of that is and there's so much more to it um and i'm not doing it justice but we need to have this guy his name is amos de sasa we we can uh we need to get him on here Uh, it was so good um so uh anyway brandon green was one of our keynote speakers um and he is unbelievable that that was so good um uh oh this there, there were just, there were so many fantastic people. I, right. I you can't even
1: start to name them, them all because they're all just there. So I have a question for you. Go for it. How's Sarah?
0: Sarah's doing great.
1: Yes. So, How's uh, baby?
0: Right now we're at like 24 weeks and uh, so she's, everybody's healthy and, and uh, looking good. Have we um, talked
1: about if you know what it is or not yeah, Did we it, announce that
0: it's a girl. Okay. No, yeah. I,
1: I knew, I knew that. I just didn't know if we'd huh? said it on. Sometimes I, I don't know what I know on here and what I know in real life.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But I think, I think that I've been open about the fact that it's a, uh, another girl. So which is I'm perfect for you excited. really.
1: Cause yeah, I'm a, daddy I'm a needs girl daddy's dad. little girls.
0: I'm a girl dad. It's that. And that's, that's great. All right. One other thing we should talk about just for a second. Um, so I, I went, and I dropped off donuts for, uh, for, uh, school, uh, mm-hmm. for teachers to this morning and, uh, as part of the education foundation that I'm, that I'm on for, uh, the Spring Hill school district. And so there's this, there's this crazy thing going on mm-hmm. where t- students are like damaging school property yep. and like destroying bathrooms and stealing things from teachers and this is happening like here locally. Well, no, no, happen- just that.
1: They're What's putting that? it on TikTok so everyone yeah. can see them do it. They're so smart. What They're is going on? They're recording themselves doing it.
0: What is this world coming to that that our children are destroying? You know, I don't, I don't, I'm so, I'm so confused right now. And it's so, I, this is one of those things where like, just when you thought you, you you know, heard all the crazy stuff from the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. Now you hear this and, and I'm like, oh, this is actually really surprising to me. I am yeah. blown away by this fact that this is going on. All of the other crazy things that are happening in life and people are destroying uh, school bathrooms uh, for, a, for a social media trend.
1: I, okay, now my husband accuses me of being a goody two-shoes, which fine, sure, I am. I follow the rules. Okay. But I cannot, um, I remember one time in high school, we we're driving around and the boys were uh, started knocking over mailboxes. And I was like, take me home. I'm not a part of this. I, I don't want anything to do with it. So I recognize that in myself and I cannot imagine no. any of this. No. And it's happening in St. Joe too. Cause we, I was actually talking about it with a parent yesterday. It's happening everywhere. And I just The level of, this is actually what it is, because my husband and I actually had this conversation. It used to be back in the day that we had a sense of community, that we cared somewhat more about our neighbors than ourselves. And somehow we have turned into a society where as a stereotype as a whole, we only care about ourselves. We've all become to put the mask on ourselves before we put it on anyone else. And yes, there are certain areas of our lives that we need to put the mask on ourselves before we, but. Of course,
0: the, the irony of that statement is, is putting the mask on yourself.
1: <laughs> not that mask, the plain mask. You knew what I meant. Give That's, yourself the oxygen mean, the that before you give your kids Probably the oxygen. wouldn't
0: put on a mask. That's all I'm saying.
1: <laughs> Whatever. But, you know, there. There used to be this thing where we want to do unto your neighbors. You want done unto yourself. The golden rule was a thing, but now anymore, it's just like, man, I just, I'm just going to live in my own little bubble. I don't really care about anybody else. And I'm going to do my own thing. And I just, I'm just disheartened by it. I'm disheartened by the level of anger in our society of just everything. Like, so I'm going to get myself into trouble, but I'm going to tell the story fairly quickly. Cause we still need to talk about our guests in my book, but, but Last night in my uh, subdivision Facebook group, let me take a step back. Often when there are uh, door-to-door salesmen going through the neighborhood, people will often post in our uh, Homes Association group that there's an ADT guy going around. There's this guy going around. There's a guy in a blue shirt. We don't know what he's doing going around. That's how, it's, that's how the descriptors have always been. Last night, there was an old lady who posted, there's a black man ringing doorbells.
0: God, people are horrible.
1: See, you immediately picked up on the problem of there's a black man, no, young oh. black man ringing doorbells in the neighborhood. A couple people are like, so what? Is he do- actually doing anything? And then other people started defending her comment, whatever. And then there's a beautiful family of color that just moved in across the street from me. She actually screenshotted and put her on her personal page about how she was feeling unwelcome in her own neighborhood. Like, Already. is that how they're viewing me? Yeah, And so I got in on the comments and was like, this is not how we've ever described someone in the neighborhood ever before. We've always described them by the, the logo on their shirt, the color of shirt, the, their hat they were wearing. The company street, with. Sometimes it was just what street they were on. We've never yeah. described anyone by the color of their skin. It just so happened that the lady's son joined into the conversation. And then he started sending me angry Facebook messages, just telling me my mother did nothing wrong. Then he went on that he was going to pray for me and that just people of any color should just be allowed to do whatever they want to do. And we're never going to post anything ever again. My husband gets on CaseNet and discovers five pages of felonies against this gentleman. So really, we should be more worried about her son than someone ringing doorbells in our neighborhood. I've started ignoring the guy. I'm not responding back to him. And after like two hours, he responds. He sends me a message out of the blue that says, my mom used to be the head of the HOA. You should do your research. What does that have to do with you? good for her? She was the head of HOA. She's a racist. I, 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 and the thing was, I didn't actually think her statement was racist. I didn't think it was malicious. I just thought it was a little old lady. I was just saying, hey, probably shouldn't be how we describe people. But then the way he came at me, I was like, mm, yeah, actually, I do think you, you. Yeah. What is wrong with people?
0: It's it, like I said, it doesn't even surprise me.
1: No, it shouldn't. I, and as my husband's like, Bobby, stop engaging. And I was like, no, I can't. My, and I don't get in Facebook fights. That's the thing.
0: I've I gotten don't. into a habit, Bobby, of, of paying attention to school board meetings. And right now there's a particular school district that's having frequent conversations about uh, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion,
1: mm-hmm. which
0: is, you know, wildly misunderstood in this particular mm-hmm. community. And uh, it, it, it is a, it's, it's a problem. Yep. That's all I'm gonna, and I'm not gonna say anything else about it. It's it's an issue. Uh, okay. Anyway. Do we want
1: to do a book bit? Talk about our guest. What do we want to do next? What do you want to do? Let's talk about. Let's talk about our, our guest. I'm let's, so let's, excited for our guest. So, so I actually I don't think I've ever met Brent before. I saw him on a Zoom yesterday.
0: So you've had the pleasure of of, of hearing Brent before. So so tell yep. us a little bit about Brent.
1: So we're bringing in Brent Gieske. He's a realtor here in the Kansas City metro area. But not only that, he is a finalist for NAR's Good Neighbor Award, which, if you remember, we had Mark Solomon that just won a few years ago for his Veterans Community Project. And a few years before that, they weren't part of KCRR at the time, but they are now. Out in Warrensburg, this year's president, Tony Conant, his dad, Craig Conant, won back in 2001. So this actually will be, you know, three Good Neighbor Award finalists in the Kansas City metro area. That's which amazing. is just exciting. Yeah, so he actually works closely with an organization called Agape Pomoja, and it helps refugee youth with issues like housing and life skills, and it's it's really amazing when he starts talking about everything they do. And like this is the thing. I had a preview of what he's gonna say yesterday at our board of directors meeting. And so like I am so excited to have him on here. Um, but he's gonna talk about his work and his advice for um, other realtors that are involved and want to get involved with giving back to our um, communities. He's one of 10 finalists currently, um, but the day this episode comes out, wink, wink, they're gonna announce the top five finalists for NAR's Good Neighbor Award. So make sure you're watching your emails, make sure you're watching your social media to see if Brent is one of those top five producer Amber here, and I just wanted to pop in real quick to let you know that since the time of recording this, it was announced that voting for the Good Neighbor Award has been extended. So the award winners, that five that are going to be considered the winners not just the finalists that will not be announced on october 6th as bobby mentioned but it will be announced later on october 20th because voting for web choice winner is still going on through october 15th so please continue voting for brent at realtor.com slash good neighbor because if he wins that web choice he will get an additional twenty five hundred dollars for agape pomoja
0: awesome yep. kansas city is so
1: awesome bobby we are so awesome. Our our realtors, our members, they are awesome.
0: So okay, good. he's supposed to
1: be joining us any minute now. So we probably ought to like bust through this book bit.
0: Do, 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 Bobby's book bit.
1: KC Rar. Okay. All right. So my book bit for today actually is one that I had, I'm, I have a lot of these lately. I've been going back to like my recesses of my mind, but I was on a coaching call with a client last week and she's really struggling within her office. So she's a broker manager. She's got an owner that's really not giving her the freedom to do her job. Like they want it done. They're putting some handcuffs on her. And I was like, you know what? A great book for you to read would be the five dysfunctions of a team, uh, by Patrick Liconi, Lencioni, Patrick Lencioni. And I, as I was going through it with her, I was like, that would be an amazing book bit. So therefore the five dysfunctions of a team is your book bit. And it's all about powerful strategies to help any team overcome dysfunction and politics to become cohesive and effective. And what we were talking about in our communities earlier, that's a lot of the same of the five dysfunctions of a team. So my favorite quote from the book is, it's as simple as this. When people don't unload their opinions and feel like they've been listened to, they won't really get on board with what you're doing. And it's true. They'll just hold some aggression and just do their own darn thing. So there are five dysfunctions of a team. I'm going to list what those five are, and then I'll do my three lessons fairly quickly. So the five dysfunctions of a team, the first one is absence of trust. The second is fear of conflict. The third is lack of commitment. The fourth, and I sometimes think this is the most important dysfunction, is the avoidance of accountability. That's where it all starts falling down as if we are not holding each other accountable to our goals, the team's going to fall apart. And then the fifth one, which is in attention to results. If we're not paying attention to the scoreboard, how are we ever going to know if we're winning or not? So there are three lessons that I like from the book. The first one is be open about mistakes as a group will help you build trust. When we see that our peers have weaknesses and made mistakes, it will help us feel less hesitant about sharing our own flaws. I talk about that in our everyday life. We need to be vulnerable and transparent because the sooner that we're vulnerable and transparent, someone else will be. I made a huge mistake earlier today when I thought this podcast was being recorded at a certain time and it was being recorded at a different time and I had to ask my client to move her meeting. But I said, look, I made a calendaring mistake. I'm human. And she's like, Bobby, I actually also made a mistake on my calendar. Awesome. But it's easier when one person says, look, I messed up and just sort of being like, whatever. Fast your mistakes. Lesson number two even if a few people disagree while making decisions, everyone needs to be committed to the final choice. Now, I see this show up in board of directors more than anything. Most rational people and I'm highlighting the word rational, rational people will accept a decision even if their opinion differs as long as their feelings on the matter are listened to and addressed. But when you walk away from that meeting, everyone has made a decision as a cohesive group and that's what you do going forward. This is where we start seeing dysfunction sometimes within especially a board of directors as you and I both know, is that we'll have disagreements about what's the best thing forward for the board But once a vote is taken, whatever passes should be what passes and how everybody leaves that room. But every once in a while, you'll have some person that still feels like they're greater than the bigger good. And then that's where dysfunction starts happening and the board starts crumbling. So it works within teams and everything. The last one is focus on collective results rather than individual goals. If a group's goal is clear and can be measured, Members cannot focus on their own goals at the sake of being uh, accomplishing the team goal. The idea is that each individual team member's goals will build towards the team goal and together we achieve more, that's what teams mean. But every once in a while, you'll find someone who will sabotage the group goal because they're focusing too much on themselves. So we need to focus more on group goals versus individual goals. And that is my book bit, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, which can apply to many areas of our life.
0: That was a great book bit, Bobby. You
1: know, what we should do now. What? We should bring Brent into the podcast. Let's go get Brent. Let's get Brent. Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk brought to you by KCRR. We are here with our guest, Brent Gieske. Brent Welcome to the podcast. We're gonna talk all about your charity, but first, we would like to talk to you about a real being a real be a realtor. I can't even talk anymore. Love to talk to you about being a realtor. How did you become a realtor? Did you do anything before that? And then how did that lead into um, Agape Pomoja?
2: Yeah, I sat on the couch for six months before becoming a realtor, so I know I needed a new gig. So I (laughs) I changed professions um, from or from uh, management of restaurants and retail spaces to a realtor because I was having my first kid. My wife traveled. I traveled. There's like no way we're raising a family, the type of family we want with uh, that kind of travel. So I made the change and now I'm a realtor for eight years and I love it. Awesome. Eight
1: eight years. You came in in 2013 then. Something like that. Who's counting? But yes, that's when I came on. That's what I, that was the point I was trying to make. Like you guys have like a connection here. How about
2: that? It was quite the bottom of the market at that time. Showing houses in that market was kind of scary. There was a lot of houses. I'm like, nope, just not going in there today. So someone else can show it? But now it's it's changed quite a bit. So it's been great to see the market change from near the bottom to where we're at now. a Very successful, healthy, well, overly healthy market. We got started at a good time, didn't we? I feel like
0: we did. i mean as in as in in terms of
2: upward trajectory yes selling houses back then you didn't make much money off of them Mm -hmm. so it was a hard gig so luckily my wife had a good stable job it kept us going but uh it's it's all worked out i've got a great client base that love me and i love them and it's uh turned into a good profession you
1: know that's the beauty of real estate is the yin and the yang of it or even your marriage the yin and the yang of your marriage like the one will balance out the other and we can all do our I, thing. It's I used freedom to get
2: worried when I got slow with real estate back in the days, but now I'm happy when it gets slow because it's actually a breather. The phone's not ringing. Okay, yeah. I can handle that for a month because that's like vacation for me.
1: Right. Exactly. All right. So let's let's talk about the reason why you're here. You huh. are a finalist for NAR's Good Neighbor Award. Congratulations. That's that's Thank you. Mark Solomon's one of my best friends, and so I know all of everything that you're going through and about to go through as a part of this experience. So. I'm just excited for you. And just being named as a finalist is such an exciting part of all of this. Um, it's it's but tell us-
2: exciting and it's extremely overwhelming at the same time. I mean, uh, just to be able to promote something that I love, this, the nonprofit Agape Pomoja, to promote that is uh, above and beyond whatever I expected.
1: So tell us, how long have you been involved? How did you get involved? And what all do you do with them?
2: <laughs> how long do we got today? Um, uh, we
1: got 25 more minutes, so just fill it. <laughs>
2: Well, good. I'll talk the whole time. So um, I got involved four years ago. Uh, the nonprofit started uh, maybe eight to 10 months before that. So I got involved through um, some family friends that I met and I fulfilled the need for them. So agape pomoja, agape pomoja. So agape means love. It is Greek for love. It's unconditional love. Most people heard of that word. Pomoja nobody's ever heard of before. It's a Swahili word that means together and community. So we have love and community with our neighbors that don't look like us, they don't live near us, but these are our neighbors here in Kansas City and we've fallen in love with them over the years. So I got involved because they needed a realtor. They needed to find a house. They've had three houses already. They're looking for another one. They're not having success. They've been struggling for a year to find houses and to find their niche on where they were. I came in, um, we bought house four. We probably bought five and six pretty close to after that. We've got a big kick after that, a big uh, uh, boost of momentum. So I was able to fill that role. So, but on house four, I was a volunteer. I helped remodel that house. I did tile work in that house. I did this and that. Started doing every other weekend. Started doing every weekend. Started doing weekends and then during the week. And then I realized, hey, I'm good at project managing too. I've remodeled my own house, I can help run this. So I took over project management for them on house number five. I asked, they're like, sure, we don't know what we're doing. Here you go, it's all yours. And from there, um, I just fall in love with it. It's become a full-time volunteer job for me. I'm not paid, nobody else on our board is paid. We are all volunteers. So 100% proceeds go back to the organization.
1: So let's talk about, so you talked about the housing portion, but talk about exactly everything that the organization does because you are so much more than houses, but, and talk about the structure for the rent and all of that. Cause I just, I was blown away by all of that yesterday.
2: That's loaded. So yeah, remind me, I'll try <laughs> one at a time. So Agape Pomoja, we serve, not serve, serves the wrong word. We live life with a group of refugees here in Kansas city. You may not have known there's refugees living in Kansas City. So what is a refugee? A refugee, um, the refugees we primarily serve are from Congo, Africa. Uh, If you know anything about Central Africa, it's rich in resources. So what happens when you've got a lot of nice stuff? People come in and take it. They took their land, kicked them out of their houses. People were just fleeing with whatever they have. I mean, it's quite a, a terrifying story in the end. Um, and then they've been in refugee camps in neighboring countries for the last 15, 20 years. There are still refugee camps over there. And a lot of the families we know here, all their family members are still over in Africa because of this war and because of this turmoil. So there are refugees. They're placed in the United States. They're placed throughout the world. But we know and love the ones here in the United States. We know of a lot of other ones throughout the, uh, uh, the United States also. So but we focus on them in Kansas City. They live in the urban core where a lot of people haven't been before, but it's an area I've uh, learned to love. So you mentioned the housing. Housing's the biggest thing, that's what we're known for because it's the most visual part of it also. Mm -hmm. So we currently have, let me look at my numbers here. We currently have 24 properties, um, all debt-free, all donated in four years, four to five years, isn't that amazing? So that's over $3 million of real estate we've been entrusted with to help other people. So of that, 23 of them are residential properties, single family and multifamily. One is a seven unit multifamily, a duplex, the rest of all single family homes. So because of that, we are able to house currently 25 families in these blessing houses. That's amazing. Blessing houses. Um, it's, it it is amazing. It's a, it's, it's an amazing uh, story of growth, but it's not because of me. It's not because of our board. Now we'll talk about some of that later and hopefully I can emotionally get through that part of it. All right. If not, you're going to be talking for a while. Um, and we project even by mid next year, we'll have 30 families living in properties. So you can see the growth rate 25 right now. We're moving a family in next week. So they're on that list already of 25 but we'll have 30 by mid next year because we're currently working on six properties at the same time with our volunteers on Saturdays through the week. I got volunteers that come out on their own and we've actually just a month ago, two months ago, we hired a contractor that works with us full time. Um, because of all the support we had, we need to speed up progress. So.
1: So talk to us about the rent portion and then talk about some of the life skills. Cause Crystal was talking about that yesterday. And I really had just never even thought about some of the life skills things, the organization stuff and things like that.
2: Yeah. We're known for houses. That's what everyone sees. And that's what we project a lot because it's an entry point. It's an entry point into the lives of a family that allows us to live life with that family, go visit them weekly or even more than weekly. I go visit them once a week, usually make repairs, see how they're doing, see what they need, but other members of our board and stuff, they visit them also through the week. So the structure is amazing. So we'll take houses. Um, we used to buy around 40000 Now they're right around 70000 put 30000 40000 into them. We try to fix them up so the mechanics of them, long-term longevity in there. It's the only way we're going to last in this with, uh, with owning that many properties. We take a house, make it moving ready for a family, and then we slash the rent. So we got three-story houses that could rent for $1,200 a month. There's no way we're gonna charge that. We're not charging even $1,000. We charge about half of what market rent is to the family. But they're also saving money on utilities because we make sure our HVAC guy maintains these units. Um, We do whatever we can to make the house a a better, more efficient place so they're saving money. So these families will save uh, about if they're spending $2,000 a month on rent and utilities, they're paying no more than $1,000. It's just a, a beautiful thing. But that's just one little instance. We've got all these houses, but we're working with a group of people that are about Pomoja and Pomoja's community t- togetherness. So we say one family $1,000, they don't keep that money. It's a ripple effect. It passes on down to the other families in the community. And that's something we couldn't even project. It's absolutely incredible, Brent.
0: Uh, I mean, uh, one of the things that we were talking about uh, before you came on um, was the, the, and this is going to sound way heavy all of a sudden outside of context, but one of the things that we were talking about is when, uh, when somebody is, is, once somebody has passed away, you do not know. You, you don't know the end of your story. You don't know all of the different people that you've impacted. You you don't understand the generational wealth that you've set up for people. You're not going to see all of the fruits of your labor and what you're doing and putting these people in homes and giving them um, adequate housing and taking care of them in this way, treating them as a neighbor, that these touches, these things that you're doing are things that uh, you you will never even while you're living, you will never truly know every single person or thing that you've accomplished, because you, what you've just described is amazing in and of itself. But the impact that that has from person to person is so it's unbelievable. It isn't, you can't describe it. You don't, you won't
2: know. Right. You you don't know what ripple effects you're going to create five to 10 years from now. We love to dream. We love to see where, where's this going to be? Not agape pomoja, um, but where is this person going to be in five to 10 years? So one of my friends, one of the refugee friends of mine, he is a senior in school right now. He's getting set to go to college next year. We're helping him with that. He has received along with uh, five other students that we mentor have received the Casey Scholar for $50,000. That's amazing. You see, you're talking about a family who could never dream to go to college before. And now this will be the first kid and he will succeed at it. But that's even a, a small story. He'll succeed at college, but what's he gonna succeed at afterwards? Hello. That's right. What's he going to do next? Yeah. I, I was dreaming with him last night. I text with him all the time. They, they text me during the day. They, they text me when they're at school. Hey, look what I'm doing at school. I know how to do this. And they have told me I need to get it done fast. And they're just so excited about all the skills they've learned. But when he's out of college, he's going to buy a house. I know he is. He has no idea any of this process yet, but it's the things we started for him. He will learn and it will all happen.
1: Um, Brent. I want you to tell everybody what the kids' nickname, the students, sorry, not the kids, the students' nickname is for you, and what happens when you show up in the neighborhood? No, yeah.
2: so they, they, we've come up with nicknames for each other. I mean, their names in themselves, some of their names are like nicknames. I mean, they're names we've never heard before. They're not in American culture, not some. Um, they, call, well, they call me Papa Brenta. Um, they call, they call a lot of us adults, but they call us, basically call us mom and dad that's the way they see us
1: yeah
2: uh, that's the way um that's just the way we live together it's the way we live life together so it's it's a very endearing thing so yeah we have a, a a white pickup truck that was donated to us so now we're on we're probably on our third truck through the nonprofit because that thing gets more work than my real estate car does because that thing doesn't <laughs> live at home long so we we just had a truck donated uh, earlier this year amazing blessing to have something like that i sent out an email asking for a truck I described what we kind of envisioned. Next day, I get a call. Next day, I have a truck on my door. So it's it's those amazing things. But we've been driving a white truck for a while. So the kids all recognize this truck. So every Wednesday, I go out into the city to visit houses and families. Um, And when school's out, you see the kids walking around during summer, they're all walking around. And they'll just they'll just stop and wave. They'll come out of the house and wave and just so excited to see you and going to give you a hug and just follow you around and take all my tools out of my toolbox and scatter them everywhere. So, I mean, to me, it doesn't matter. That's, that's, that's the way you should be living life as a community, as one. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, Brent,
2: that's actually, that's like
0: a perfect transition. So, uh, you know, you've got a lot of people who uh, want to get more involved in this kind of work or who want to get more involved with community service Um, But one of the things that comes into question when you're doing this, this sort of work is the balance that you have to have. So can you talk a little bit as to how you balance this work um, and your duties as a realtor and your uh, personal obligations and juggling all of those things at once?
2: It's hard. I'm the type of person that would give his uh, whole day away just to someone who needs it. I mean, I think that's why my wife married me a while back, and I don't think she could ever have dreamed this is where it would end up uh, 12 years later. So um, it's a hard juggle for most people. So as a realtor, I've got a flexible schedule, um, and I realized that. And then I started marrying the two together, real estate and agape pomoja. In the end, it's the same thing to me. There's no difference in my life. This is my life. It's not a job. It's not a nonprofit. This is life. And then my family comes along too, I got, I got young kids. So when they get a little older, they'll be out there with me. They wanna come, but they're just a little young for our, uh, our criteria for helping out. So for someone who wants to help out, just ask. And just keep asking, we're a nonprofit. So we're not a polished corporation that has somebody to follow up with you every moment. Just ask and keep asking, show that you are interested. Uh, the entry point into Agape Pomoja is to work on blessing houses come work on a blessing house with us. You won't just be with Americans. You will be with these students that we mentor. And most likely they will be leading that project that day and teaching you how to work on the house. They have really stepped up. So we've known, um, I, I, I work closely with a group of guys. I, I bond with them, be along with them well. We've known most of them for about a year now. And you'd be surprised from not knowing how to use a hammer. I go tell them, get a hammer on my toolbox. So like. they look at you, what? What is a hammer? What's a screwdriver? And now they know exactly what it is. They know what the projects are when we walk in on a Saturday and they're like, hey, let me take the painting project. My One of my friends says, I like painting. Let me lead the painting team. He leads the painting team. Or if I'm out of town for a weekend, which is very rare because it's hard for me to leave on a Saturday, they run it for us. With a little adult supervision, they can run a whole project. So to see that life change in somebody is, is just priceless.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That's community. You built a community. That's Pomoja, buddy. That's Pomoja.
1: I love it. Um, So you've talked about mentoring. You talked about the housing and, you know, them helping build the house, helping do all the things. Also talk about the life skills you're teaching. Cause that, that was one of the most amazing things Crystal was talking, that I just never even thought about when she was talking about that yesterday.
2: Yeah. And it's definitely a Crystal thing. She talks about that quite a bit. She leads a lot of that up more than I do, but, You imagine, so you're in a new country. You're in the United States, a very powerful country with lots of systems in place to do things. You come in, you don't know how to do any of it. I mean, you're just lost. As an American, I'm lost half the time on how to follow the old systems that we've created for ourselves. So Mm -hmm. imagine being blind and coming in and not knowing anything. So what we do, we don't have set things that we help families with. We will help you with anything that we see as a need. So life skills, I mean, that can be anything. Um, I talked about going to college. A our, our big goal of ours is, yeah, help kids go to college. Um, maybe a small task would be a new family comes in. Maybe we take a team in, we teach you how to use, how to clean the house, what tools you need, what, what's available here in the United States, um, what cleaning products there are on how to clean your house. Um, there was someone else who walked into a house uh, actually just a month ago, family that's been here four years. I see this can. So it's uh, uh, some food on the counter in a can and it was cut open with a knife. Okay. I'm like, do you have a can opener? And they looked at me funny. So what we do, get on Amazon, order one a few days later, it's at their house for them. I came back a week later, have you used a can opener? The biggest smile on her face. It was so much easier than using a knife to cut open a can. So you can see we, we dive into anything. So, um, Every about every month, every two months, we have a leadership academy. So Agape Pomoja has really started to focus on the students. So anywhere from ninth grade through your senior year, um, we those are our kids. Those are the kids we really focus on. So we have uh, leadership academies. So like on a Saturday, we'll do a serve day together. We all go out and serve together. They will, in the end that evening, come over to my house and um, our friends' houses. So the guys will stay at my house Saturday night. The girls will stay at their house Saturday night. But we come together and have uh, a time of learning. So we have guest speakers come in and talk on, let's say, social media, um, you're, you're just anything that's relevant to a, a high school student, and we pour into them that way. We have devotionals together and just time in God's word together. And then we have community, we do pomoja, we have big meals. So we're cooking a big, two crock pots full of spaghetti to feed all these people, about 25 of us. And that's what we do.
1: I, I absolutely love it. You know, it was, it, when Crystal was talking yesterday about, you know, being in a refugee camp and having nothing and coming here and having things like you, the, the knife instead of a can opener. Teaching people how to put things into a pantry or cabinets or drawers because they've never had pantries or cabinets or drawers. Those are just things that are just so second nature to us. And then you were talking yesterday and you just mentioned it now is that those kids can eat. But one of the things I would love for you to do for just a moment, if you're willing to do it, and I think you are, is I would love for you to brag on yourself Mm -hmm. because I was so... I'm already amazed by your story and what you've done and what Agape Pomoja does as a whole. But I was even more impressed by what you do as a human being. Yep. Um, I would love for you to tell everybody how much of your own money you invested last year, the interest-free loan you gave, and then how much of your time you're actually giving all the time.
2: There, there's no way to calculate my time because it's it's, it's it's life for me. I mean, that's what I do. I think we had to for the Good Neighbor Award to apply for it. And I honestly don't remember what it was. It was 2,500, 3,000 hours in a year. I I have no idea. But in the end, that's probably minimal. Because I mean, imagine uh, every night before bed, I go home and I just think about it. I plan for the next day. So I mean, how much your time you give into it, all of it. And my whole life, I'll give to it. So real estate is awesome. Agape Pomoja is awesome. My family's awesome. I mean, that's That is life for me. So I do, I give freely of my time. Uh, My time has never been something I've treasured, but uh, my money has. I mean, it it was a crutch for me in the past. So to start giving away money um, four years ago, the little things I do, it, it was hard, but it got easier over time. So I started donating money in a way that worked for me. I take on the project management. So what do I do? I buy all the supplies and I pay that credit card bill each month. And that's my way to donate. And you look at the end of the year, like, wow, that was easy. That was easy to give away money. So um, in 2020, um, I gave away close to $70,000. Really amazing. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money to me and my family. We could put in a swimming pool. We could go on a long vacation, anything like that. And I still had excess money. So in order to keep um, these blessing houses coming, because the, the end is not in sight, I mean, we talk about Afghan refugees coming into uh, Kansas City, and we uh, talked had a talk the other day with the people who will bring them in and settle them.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: The number is staggering. Where are they going to live? How are they going to survive? So I've given a couple zero interest loans too, totaling about eighty thousand dollars to help purchase more houses and to further this. So we've had we've had donors come in, whether they be our family members or friends that we ask, they'll come in. Give a zero interest loan, a lot of them will donate houses, a lot of them will forgive that debt over time because you you think about it, that eighty thousand, I didn't need it. So why should I hold on to it? Why should I covet it myself? So it it's great to see our, our our donor base, um, just the people we know and the word of mouth, the people step up just to help out. I mean, every bit helps. You may not be able to donate seventy thousand, but can you donate? Or can you spend some time getting furniture to fill this house that we're moving a family into? That's all it takes. Start with your time and you'll see it's it's easy to, to let go of other things.
1: You know, before you came on, we were having a conversation about community. And actually, I wasn't even thinking about it, Alex, at the time we were having it. But we talked about how there's just such a divisiveness in our communities anymore. And it, what you're talking about is the exact opposite. The, the time when we used to actually care about our neighbors more than we cared about ourselves. And you are displaying that through your actions every single day, not only your time, but your money and getting your family involved too. That you care more about another human being than your own well being because you see the change, you see the ripple effect. And I am not going to cry, even though I see the glassiness of your eyes, and I'm trying really hard not to cry. But you are such a testament to the human spirit, not just the American spirit, but that's what we were founded on. And yet we've gotten so far away from that. So from the bottom Mm -hmm. of my heart, I want to say thank you for stepping up and doing what so many of us say we want to do, but we don't take the time to do it. Then that's going to, I just had somebody make a growth plan earlier today. And I got a feeling I'm going to be changing my growth plan here very shortly after we get off this call. But if someone wants to get involved with Agape Pomoja, or they want to give you some money. How do we find you to give you money give you time give you whatever it is you need
2: you know as a nonprofit, we've grown really fast so you mentioned a lot of things i want to touch on but let's talk about donations we we've grown so fast our website is almost up and running i mean it's it's hard to spend time on those things when that's now our focus so we will have we have we have another organization that's helping out to build our website for us because otherwise it's too darn expensive and we can't allocate those expenses so Facebook is the best way to get a hold of us. Um, I'm more than happy to give out my cell phone number and my email. Um, You tell me what's appropriate. But Facebook, Agape Pomoja, um, is where you'll find us. So I do want to touch on culture. You talked about American culture and community and the lack of community. African culture is all about community. They're all about Pomoja. Mm -hmm. American culture is all about tasks, Let's get things done. I'm a task person, I know that. I don't spend enough time on community, but that's been a big eye-opener for me, something I didn't expect. I thought I was gonna remodel houses and make some money helping sell them houses. Mm -hmm. I don't make money helping them sell houses or buy and sell houses because I don't take a commission. And I've learned more than just doing tasks. I've learned to open your heart and your mind to what other people and how they live because there is a lot of good in seeing that and a lot of bad on the way we've been living. So there is no community uh, anymore around us.
1: I couldn't agree more. I'm always talking about the the people who have the most closed minded view of the world are the people who've never traveled or met anyone any different than them. When you start meeting other people of other cultures and other places, your mind has to expand. It's forced to expand because you see that your way isn't the only way.
2: It isn't the only way. No, it isn't. I've, I've traveled a lot. I actually, uh, before I got started, Mojo was my, uh, my dream it was my prayer to live in another country and to uh, be absorbed in another culture. So mm-hmm. the prayer didn't answer be answered the way I expect it to be, but it was answered and I didn't have to leave home, which means right. my, uh, my parents don't have to miss their grandkids growing up. So it, it was, it was truly a blessing to find something like this and to be able to live in my own culture and help, uh, help uh, my own city.
1: It's beautiful. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm taking more than my share of questions, Alex. I'm very sorry for that. But the last question, because we are close to the end of our time and we want to respect your time is the last question I always ask everybody is what else should we have been talking about? Or what else should we have asked you today that we didn't ask you? What, what's the final thing you want to finish everybody with?
2: We, we, we've talked about a lot. I mean, I think we've encompassed it pretty well in a short period of time. I mean, um, one other thing that just comes to mind, we talk about mentoring, we talk about pouring into these students, that has turned into something bigger than we could even imagine. So we actually take trips with these students. So our first trip was like with five, five of the older students, we went out to see uh, Noah's Ark out there in Cincinnati area. We stayed in an Airbnb, we have community for uh, four or five days and just enjoy ourselves. Since then, last year, we went to Colorado. We actually drove two big 15-passenger vans to the tip top of Colorado, to the type of top of Pikes Peak. And that was amazing. It blew their minds. They've never been up there like that or at that type of altitude. Uh, been to Omaha. Um, we went to St. Louis earlier this year. So the fact we try to take a trip every year to get the kids out, let them be themselves um, with us, and then it allows us to pour into them, too, spiritually um, and uh, whatever else they may need. Mm-hmm. So. I, uh, the closing statement on that. I mean, if you're interested, I mean, let us know. Uh, sometimes agape promote is a fit for you. Sometimes it isn't, but mm-hmm. if you don't know how to hold a hammer, I don't care. If you do know how to hold a hammer, it means you're a skilled laborer and you are extremely welcome, <laughs> but everyone's welcome. We paint houses with people that are unskilled and skilled. Either way we have fun, the job gets done and we have community together. So on a typical serve day, we start at nine o'clock on Saturday in Kansas city, by noon, we will be having food for everybody. We'll sit down, and eat together, we'll work a couple more hours, and that's it. By the end of the day, you will have a new friend.
0: Love it, Brent. We appreciate you being with us today, and, and we are so lucky to have somebody like you in Kansas City. Um, so thank you so much for being part of our realtor community here, and uh, for doing everything that you're doing for our expanded community as a metro area. You're you're incredible, and we wish you the best of luck uh on the good neighbor award and no matter what this is gonna sound cheesy Voting. but you're a pretty great neighbor so yeah. uh, you you've
2: demonstrated that very clearly so thank you um, thank you thank you for the compliments that I, I don't deserve them it, agape pomoja deserves them agape pomoja is not me it's not my wife not my friends agape pomoja is these students these students are agape Pomoja.